Big good afternoon to you. Seven minutes past four, big live conversation. Barbara, Nicole and Jacinta with you right through to six o'clock. Just heard from Tony Tim with his hits for the last two hours. We're going to keep the music going and some great conversation for you as well. But first, a check of your weather. If you are looking outside at the moment, you may be seeing grey skies. 22 we have at the moment in the city with a minimum expected of nine tonight and... The prediction that we may get two to eight millimetres of rain. So uh, it's looking a bit sort of windy yeah, and dark. grey out there. Mm. It's got very dark and very Halloween-ish. Right. Is that for a, a, the, yes. Yes. Be careful if you're in certain parts of the state. Have you heard about the warning, the asthma warnings? Yes, yes absolutely. In Melbourne as well. Anyway, really? if you're an asthmatic or... Um, Please carry your medication with you and, and uh, be prepared. And and try to be outside from about 5 o'clock, I reckon. Yes, I was in a pharmacist oh. today and everyone was lining up for their Zyrtec. Oh, really? oh <laughs> their Zyrtec. Well, yeah. there's a hay fever alert there as is. well for, course, for the city. So, yeah. Allergies. Um, so, yes. you know, sort of stay inside maybe. Yes, I don't know. you can. But, be very careful. in the environment, the wind, the rain, all of the that pollen. together. Yeah, the perfect with storm. It is the perfect storm mm. for allergies. So sit inside and listen to us on the radio. That would be <laughs> good. Right. We would love right. that. And the reason why is, among other things, we have two wonderful guests. We are going to be interviewing Barbara, a wonderful person that you have uh, sourced for us. Yes, and she's been a regular contributor to the program, um, Alexandra Sasse. Uh, she's a very talented artist in her own right, but she also has a fantastic gallery in Kew, uh, which I've been privileged enough to uh, to visit. And um, she's coming to talk about her upcoming exhibition. I think it's the last one for the year. This is Curator's Choice, opening uh, later on in the week. So can't wait to hear all about that. Sounds very good. Yes, it's wonderful to speak with Alexandra again. We have chatted with her a couple of times. We have. And she, she likes to come in, which is all, yeah, know, which is really yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Interviews it is. That's fantastic. Um, and our other guest... Also, you have source for us. I have, and this this is a very busy man, actually. This is Stuart Blair. We're very lucky to, that he can spare some time to talk to us because not only is he the manager of the recently opened Whitehorse Repair Cafe, which mm. he's going to tell us all about, but he's also involved in running um, the Whitehorse Men's Shed, I believe. So, you know, he's got lots to talk to us about those. Yeah, that's great. Looking forward to it. So two great guests for you. And, of course, all our news and views and bits and bobs that we like to share. Um, speaking of those... Mm. I've got a couple of little tidbits that I'm going to talk about today. One is a little nutrient tip. I'm going to have a a little bit of a chat around vitamin B12 and why that's important, Mm. uh, particularly at the moment. Uh, I've got a little bit of a segment on probiotics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to talk about eye health. Having just come back from my optometrist appointment, which I go to every two years, needed an extra pair of glasses because I keep waylaying my current ones. (laughs) Uh, and finding out that my cataracts are still at the same place, so they're at bay. Excellent. Thumbs up, green tick for me. But my glaucoma has increased by 10%. Oh, I didn't know oh, you said that. No. Are you in your family, a, Nicole? Um, it is in my great grandfather's oh. family. Oh, wow. So I'm going to talk about nutrition for mm. eye health. Oh, well Idiot. done. That would be great. So in fact, that would be quite topical because I went home and did lots of research. research. And I said, oh, yeah. well, I'm doing all of those things. How, what else can I do? So, Very um, tips for other people. 
people mm. if you've got eye conditions and cataracts and glaucoma can coexist. Yeah, and uh, there is a familial link for some of those. Cataracts are very environmental for Australia, mm. but glaucoma mm. does have a familial link, even though mine's a little bit removed. Mm. Yeah, um, something you could have done without from your great grandpa. Yes, it would have been. Well, we don't know. You know, it's one of those things, yes, isn't it? But it is. It was a little bit of shock to the system. So um, good to actually find out more about it. And there's plenty of our population, one in four, um, may not even know that they have glaucoma yes. until they have their eyes checked and exactly. not everybody needs glasses so they don't have their eyes checked. Uh, and uh, it's very important eye health. And there's lots of great foods and nutrients that we can add into our diet to ensure that our eyes are optimal as well as looking after our health generally. Mm. Yeah, so. definitely. glaucoma can be controlled also with drops, is that right, Nicole? Yes, there's drops and surgery. Generally no clear solution, but prevention and early diagnosis is important, yes. but it has a trajectory um, that is fairly consistent mm-hmm. however the, there is a lot more being studied and there's a lot of information around food and nutrition sometimes there's you know cardiovascular or um, steroids and some medications that can bring it on or oh, really? exacerbate or okay. trigger mm-hmm. um, blood sugar diabetes can bring it on and trigger as well oh, really? as okay. familial links as well mm-hmm. so that will be interesting I look forward to mm-hmm. hearing about that but while we're talking you're talking eyes can we talk tongues for a minute yes. because you've just triggered something for me i'm yes. not talking speaking in tongues no. i'm just just the good old time i i read an article it was um from a science journal the mm-hmm. the at the weekend and they were talking about how much we can find out and about our general health through the state of our tongues yes ah. it's like eye science oh, we do tongue nail and and eye science yes. in nutrition ah, as well right. yeah um, how co- how coated it is? Yep. Do you have any corrugations on the side? Uh-huh. Is it right. swollen or not? Um, is, it, is it red? Is it yeah. quivering? Yeah. Um, there's so many you can so diagnose. It's a really interesting yeah. little chart uh, that you can look up that has all of the eye signs, the tongue signs, and the nail signs just on one little snapshot that I'm using for my students. Oh, it's a really wonderful little diagnostic, supportive tool. It's not unanimous. No, got those it's a supportive tool. Indicate. Yeah, sure. that's right. Yeah, it's just fascinating. Lovely. Yeah, absolutely. And and just finally, um, I'll add to your nutrition talk by um, asking and starting off with a little bit of interesting research I've read about salt. Salt oh. killing our children, way yes. too much yes. salt in the processed food. So I was sugar. reading about that too. It's fascinating. Yeah. And yeah. as a certain spread, as, as celebrating its 100th birthday, I don't know about you, but when I was a child, that particular spread, it never really appealed to me, that uh, mm. that one that comes in the um, yellow mm. and... Uh, oh, did yes. Apparently there is a low salt version available now, though. Yes. And I was pleased that finally my partner listened to me, Joseph, um, and thank goodness, and he actually bought some with the, with the low salt because he's a salt fiend. And I keep on telling him, please stop adding salt. And he said, oh, look, I need it on chips. And I said, no, you the don't need is, it. No, you don't. I said, the trouble is you also have it in processed stuff and you're not even aware of it. And he said, look, it's, I'm up, my blood pressure is fine. The only thing that raises it is you. <laughs> I said, yeah, that was not meant to be a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> that was not meant to be a compliment. That is so funny. Yes. I love it. I mean, it's added to so many different things and yeah. hidden like sugar and has... Yes. Or virtually the same impact as sugar does yeah. on the cardiovascular well, system. Well, in the 
thing I was reading, they said the recommended daily intake of salt is no more than five grams, mm. but most people consume around nine point six. I thought it might have been even more than that, given mm. the. I guess it, it depends on the amount of processed food that. and everything people yes. have. Yeah. So, uh, but it's it's not good. Uh, the Gretton Institute yes, had that yes, research. Yes. Yes. So, and so every. P- every single processed food, cereals, where they try and reduce salt, they often uh, sorry reduce sugar. They add salt, so mm. lot, lot yes. of things that are low salt or uh, low sugar are high salt yes. as a result of that. So, um, or you know, to combat something that is sickly sweet, they'll add that savoury salt yes. flavour so mm. that it actually tricks the taste buds into not realising that it is very very sweet. Yeah. Um, yes. And so I th- I would say that we're getting more than that. Well, yes, well. yeah, I think I you're right. Yeah, Definitely way more than that. So, and it's not a good thing. Not at all. Not, I, I see some products are are actually trying to introduce low salt varieties, yeah. uh, various goods, and even including the old potato chips and the old baked beans. That's right. But, yeah, um, yeah. You, as you said, because sometimes you're not even aware of it um, when 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 you're eating some of these things because no. like, you can't you can't really taste it or you become so inured to it that yes. you don't recognise it. Anymore. You don't recognise it. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so we'll be back with that and a lot more in just a moment. Twenty-one minutes past four on Big Life Conversation. Nicole Barber and Jacinta with you. Uh, talked about our guests. A couple of great guests coming up. Uh, the first one will be Alexandra Sasse at four thirty. Our in-studio guest. We're looking forward to. Um, but before that, and for the rest of the show, lots of news and views and things that are happening. Barbara, for you. Yes, um, what can I tell you? Some interesting things that have been going on. Oh, well, actually, first of all, the birthdays. Yes, um, birthdays. Yes, birthdays around this time include Lyle Lovett, Katie Lang and Art Garfunkel. So interesting. So that's Scorpio oh, time, yeah. as we know. Scorpio, And, of course, um, Halloween time. Also, I'd like to send um, birthday cheers uh, to my friend Bernadette, who hasn't been well. Bernadette had a birthday yesterday, so I uh, hope you're feeling better soon, Bernadette. Happy birthday. And to my friend Liz's partner, Frank, who's got a birthday tomorrow, a Halloween baby. Happy birthday, Frank. Uh-huh. And to my sister, uh, sister my niece, Julia's uh, boyfriend, Preston, also another Halloween baby. Happy birthday for tomorrow. And to Madeline, um, uh, another friend who's having a birthday. So all those Halloween kids, um, yeah. Very nice. Now, and a shout-out from me, my daughter-in-law's brother, uh, had a birthday yesterday too, Ned. So we had a happy birthday and his lovely sister made him the most beautiful lemon tart ever. Ooh, and yum. we took it to the to the Very pub nice. with us, but it was gorgeous. So That's yeah, nice lovely. night. There's lots of little people's birthdays. It's really my kids' friends that have got birthdays in and around this time. So happy birthday to them. They are actually having Halloween-themed birthdays. Oh, oh, so yes. what are they? they are. A 12-year-old um, cohort having a Halloween event tomorrow. Uh, afternoon, and uh, I think there was going to be one on the long weekend, but uh, it was scheduled to actually a plate smashing session last weekend, <laughs> oh, really? the weekend that's just been. Um, they went out to Keelor, and I think it's called Smash That S-H-I-T or Smash, <laughs> smash the S-H-I-T out of something. <laughs> Um, and you go and you spend hours there and they yeah. give you everything yep. to smash. And I've seen they it on TV. It yeah. And they said it was awesome. Yeah. And I'm thinking, we 
can do something. Yeah, be fun. <laughs> get, the, get our stress out. And what happens to these broken bits and pieces? Are they recycled? I, don't know. I was thinking there must be a, like I would I love the idea of having mm-hmm. a recycling plant very close by yes, that you're actually yes. breaking things down into exactly. small pieces because they were apparently not sort of new pieces. They were no, sourced not elsewhere new. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, maybe not quite right and yeah. uh, they were being pulverised. You could pay a little bit extra if you wanted a TV or, you know, a, a larger assortment of, of items wow. uh, versus the standard bottles and plates. But how Goodness cool is that? Me. How yeah. funny is that? Yeah, I did, I, did, celebration. I did see it um, promote on one of the TV shows a while back and uh, they looked like they were having lots yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Not, maybe not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's therapy for some people. That could be. Yeah, exactly. that's right. Um, now, in other news, and this is this is about a topic that's not great at all, um, but uh, from the shovel, um, oh. in a quintessentially Australian approach to dealing with a complex moral issue, mm-hmm. Australia has decided to do nothing when faced with a UN vote calling for a humanitarian truce mm. in Gaza. When you're faced with a challenging issue or an important ethical decision, there are a number of different ways you can approach it. And one of those ways is to pretend it's not happening, <laughs> psychologist Dr. Okay, Christian Blabla said. In academic circles, we call this the na-na-na-na-na not-listening <laughs> approach or the Australian method. Yes. Over the years, Australians have become very skilled at this approach to dealing with moral challenges. So whether you agree or disagree, there's always lots of different oh, sides to all of this, isn't there? There is indeed. Mm. I did have a, a shovel article as well, and I would say that, um, yes, it's it's emu in yes, the sand, the sand. Uh, yeah. in Australia. This one is titled Australians Abstain from Taking Moral Standing Classic Australian Move. Is that the same one? Yes. It is. Oh, my goodness. So we've heard that already before. Yes. Thank you just you, heard Jacinta. that from me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, very interesting. And and of course, our prime minister was in the US at a big state dinner with all those fancy I dresses. Know. And um, how special must he feel? A very special. Apparently, it's quite a rare event. There's only uh, I think they said there's only been six. I don't know, recently six state dinners held or something. So Australia, we're pretty pally with the old US at the moment. And um, they took a different stance on the UN vote. And I think they voted in favour, I think it was. Um, But very interesting, you know, friends can be friends, but we all can disagree, can't we? And that's okay. Yes, Uh, indeed. Yeah. But anyway, things aren't going so well in the world with lots of different things. Um, hmm. Yes, it's a little bit like that. Um, Speaking of those things we were talking about nutritionally earlier, um, we're having a little chat around sodium and how impactful that is for the diet. And I know, you know, previously it used to be fat and then it became sugar and it's kind of sugar and salt, I would suggest, as a Mm. nutritionist. We were having a look at some of the... um, Foods that are high in sodium, so our um, and then salt is sodium chloride, so it's not sodium on its own. But our sodium um, RDI, which is our recommended dietary intake, is um, 460 milligrams a day. Can range up to 920, and there is an upper limit. It's sort of suggesting that around 600 milligrams. Um, if you've got hypertension, so Mm. it could lead to hypertension at that amount. And a teaspoon of salt contains 2,000 milligrams of sodium. So if you're having a teaspoon of salt a day, it's 
four times over our oh, RDI. Wow. Um, so it is essential for nerve and muscle function and to balance the amount of fluid in our tissues and blood for the production of our hydrochloric acid in our stomach. But um, as extra sodium is excreted in our kidneys, you can imagine the load on our kidneys if we're having four times the amount. Um, so excess can lead to kidney issues, edema, um, osteoporosis. Um, even if your calcium intake is okay and you've got excess sodium, it will sap your calcium. Um, hypertension, Meniere's disease, vertigo attacks, uh, PMS and swollen ankles. Mm. Now, went through some low foods, which are some of our processed ones. It talks about um, wheat bix being okay and um, low in oat bran being okay. And then it goes to some of our higher salted items, um, softer yellow cheeses like Jarlsberg, 600 milligrams. Um, another high one is any smoked fish. Oh. Um, so smoked salmon being there. Mm. Noodles, two minute, of 1,500 milligrams. Any chips, 600 milligrams. Uh, Jets biscuits, so those savoury <laughs> biscuits, um, greater than 1,000 milligrams. Yeah. Um, and soy sauce at 1,500 milligrams. So Ooh. here's some foods to steer clear of. Parmesan is exceptionally high as well. Oops, had that on my dinner last uh, night. So <laughs> just a little tip if you're wanting um, to reduce your salt, yeah. it's hidden. And it is, and it's difficult. A couple of things I'd say to that too, Nicole. As you mentioned um, in the beginning that we, we've had, you know, at first it's been low fat, high fat, low sugar, all those sorts of things. So I think it's really quite confusing when the so-called experts come out and they say, you should be eating this. Mm. And, and we remember the, the low fat era we and do. then all the sugar was packed into it and all those sorts of things and the low sugar and the, we've had it all we right? have. so I, I think it's very I think it can be very challenging for people and I then to so. educate yourself about mm. the food labeling in supermarkets as well um, and to add to what you said the Gretton Institute says given that three quarters of the salty in Australian diets is added during food manufacturing yeah so notice there wasn't any whole foods listed in that. That's right. Everything came in a packet or was processed. Yes. Yep. Um, other than the oats, which I mentioned were low, yeah. um, they're low salt because they're just straight from the plant. Just, that's right. Yeah. So there you go. Yes. So yes. And, and we're becoming more and more aware, nutritionally aware, so we do know what our good fats are and our bad fats are, I think we're becoming more educated on that. And yeah. as we become more educated, it's sort of, and we change our food industry a little bit to, to move in that direction. We sort of done the same with sugar, but I'm not sure we're doing the same with salt. Salt. Stage. Nice. So um, mm. it's, it's all about that awareness and the, the changing nature and understanding of the population. So yeah, that's right. um, yeah. And, and those sports drinks, those oh, V, the wow. um, Gatorade, they are really seriously um, high. So Powerade, Gatorade, Red Bull, V drink. Um, and I think we mentioned there also your green olives. Yes. Bang a, bang a bit of a pack as well. A little bit sad because oh, they're so easy to eat and I love them. Okay, black olives for a little bit less. Black olives, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Uh, so anyway, good, good food for thought as we yeah. say on your show. Nicole. Absolutely. On Saturday. On Saturday. Every second and fourth Saturday. Absolutely. At 8 a.m. At 8 a.m. Bright and early. Wake up to you that. Can hear and it's more. excellent. Mm. 29 minutes to five here on Big Life Conversation. Mm. 
Back with you on 3WBC, Big Life Conversation. We just heard from a first aid kit with Out of My Head and Dermot Kennedy. Before that, don't forget me. Please don't forget us. We are here till 6 o'clock tonight, coming up to 20 minutes to 5. And we are very, very pleased to introduce our first guest, Barbara. Yes, we'd like to welcome back to the show a friend of the show, um, Alexandra Sasse, who is a very talented artist and, as I did mention earlier, um, has her own gallery down in Kew, not too far from the studio at the Alexandra Sasse Gallery, and she's here to talk about her final exhibition for the year, um, The Curator's Choice. So welcome back again, Alexandra. Nice Thanks to see so you. Thanks for having me, It's a pleasure. Now, please tell us all about this uh, wonderful-sounding exhibition. You've had many during the year, and um, you are here a little while, I think, talking, you know, talking to us about even Salmon, um, that uh, exhibition, and I gather... You are actually uh, participating in this exhibition, Curator's Choice, and so is he. That's correct. That's correct. We've got quite a lineup for this one. Um, our exhibitions throughout the year so far have focused on single artists, so they've been solo exhibitions. Um, but this one brings together uh, 13 artists, and some of them haven't exhibited with, exhibited with us before. So oh, okay. we're very excited to welcome Ian Parry, um, whose work is on this card I've brought in with you. Yeah, He's beautiful. A, he uh, lives down in Tasmania, and his work is chiefly about the sea. Okay. Um, he's he's a very well known, and um, I'm just thrilled to have his work in the gallery. We've mm. got this one beautiful piece. Um, it's a metre by metre approximately, beautiful rich oil paints. And it's called this one's called South Brunei Island. And you can see it's a semi to just describe it for your listeners, it's a it's a very painterly semi semi abstracted work. Um an image of the sea but um, very much reduced and highly colourful. The sea is actually orange. Um, so mm. I'd encourage you if you if you want a visual thrill, come and look at mm. yeah. oh, his work. It really, it really just reeks of the sea. He's been involved with the sea all his life. He actually oh. trained as a merchant seaman oh, wow. before he went to art school. Oh, okay, um, interesting combination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. deeply ingrained. That's mm. lovely. And so your, the exhibition itself, the curator's choice. Is this mean this is your choice? So that, that, you, that, yes, I am the curator. That's How exciting! That must do that. Excellent to be able to do that. Well, it is great when you when you're selecting work. For a show like a group exhibition, a lot of art, a lot of art spaces will will go with a theme, and they'll they'll invite artists to submit work on a particular theme. Yeah. Um, that's not my approach. My approach is is to uh, look at the work that the artist is particularly the work the artist made, and to to have the theme is really about the artist themselves mm. it's not it's not there's no narrative dr- driving this except for the narrative of um top quality painting and printmaking yes. so we've got printmaking in the exhibition as well oh, and some drawing too fantastic yeah. so so not one central theme it's whatever as you say selected on the basis of the the artists themselves well i you... have a lot of confidence in the artists yes. that they that they that the art comes from them mm-hmm. they know what it is they want to say yes. they don't really need me to give them a script no <laughs> yeah i agree no. that's that sounds great now you've got some pieces you said away piece can you tell us about the pieces, yes. pieces you have? Uh, You're there. Please. Yeah, my work is well. I I I make work about urban landscape yes. mostly. Mm, although right. I, I do have a couple of still lifes in this one. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, partly by necessity, sometimes you're stuck indoors, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Exactly. Make the most of the time. Yeah, yeah. it's been right. through winter. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And are all these works that are on um, uh, part of the exhibition are they all for sale? Yes, they're all for sale, Barbara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Can we ask about price ranges or is price it delicate? Price ranges anywhere from 
uh, just under, well, actually, I think you probably pick up something somewhere around about the $1,800 mark through to about $15,000. Mm. Well, that yeah. sounds fairly reasonable. So it's, it's, fairly, uh, it's a fairly broad range. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. probably something for everyone. Yes. Um, some of the work is work that uh, collectors will be looking out for, some of the, these top-name artists, and other work is people who are not as well-known. Mm-hmm. But um, all of it is work by artists who've been consistently exhibiting, um, as, you know, professionals. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. And wonderful. so you're opening on November the 2nd, which is what, Thursday? Yes. That's that right? correct. Yes. Thursday, we have a lovely opening. Um, Thursday evening, 6 to 8 pm, we've got a beautiful jazz guitarist who comes to play for us, oh. some champagne, and uh, mm, you're welcome delicious. to come along. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Okay. And, then off, and then running up until the 18th, yep. Yeah. It's, that's right, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. The last day is a Saturday. And you had a busy year, haven't you, this year? Because, as I said, we mentioned earlier, you've uh, you've chatted to us a few times this year about the exhibitions you've had. Yes, we've, we have had a busy year. That's, that's that's right. The first half of the year particularly, I took a little break the last couple of months because I needed to make some work of my own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're going to create some space. For that, yes. yes. And um, next year, are we, have we looked ahead to next year yet? Or is that still ah, we are, out? yes. Next year we've got some, some beautiful things coming up. We've got Mary Ann Wick, who hasn't exhibited with us before either, and she's in this show. She's got an exhibition coming up um, early next year. She's an artist from New South Wales. Uh, and her work is is based on historical artefacts. Actually, she's oh. fascinated by history, and she spent some time in Spain. Oh, she's lived actually in a, many places overseas, but oh. more recently in Spain, where she was studying historical artefacts um, dug up, oh, uh, archaeological dig. Oh, and, and, wow. and anyway, they're, they're, but she makes paintings and, and drawings from them. Uh, they oh. they they sort of quiver and seem to hold some sort of memory. Okay. Uh, they're, oh. they're quite remarkable. Very pared back colour. Yeah, oh, I see. That's fascinating. And yeah. you've had some people um, returning to also getting back to this exhibition. John Scurry has exhibited with you before, I believe. Is that right? That's right. Yes, yes. yes. We had a soul of John's maybe, mm. oh, gosh, it would be nearly two years ago now. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to talk him into another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And it's such a beautiful gallery. How long have you had it now? Um, Barbara, would you believe it's coming up on four years? Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> it's, it's just incredible. Yes, of course, um, and surviving all the COVID business. That's well. right. We survived yes. the COVID business. Yeah. Yep, yep. Well, we've been so very good. well supported. It's been lovely. Um, great and reception. It, it is a beautiful space and a lovely, lovely old building as well. Um, and it really lends itself to the way, well, when I have been there, there are beautiful rooms that lend themselves to, to this, sort of, all sorts of work being exhibited, actually. So, um, yeah, we're very fortunate to have it uh, so close by. And the hours you're open now, uh, could you remind us again? Yes, we're open from Thursday to Saturday, 12 till 5 p.m. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or by appointment if you can't make those hours. Okay. Great. Fantastic. I have not myself gone there and I, just, I live around the corner. Oh, yeah. well, there, there you go. go. Not there been you, go. you and I need to make a date and, and head on so. there. Okay. Um, so. Absolutely. Come by, pop yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. Always something beautiful to something. see. We'd I love to. Um, Alexandra, just in terms of bringing this exhibition to its you know, final conclusion where you can set the date and um, have everyone involved, what, how, how long does it take you to actually, you know, what's the time span to get it to that point where you're ready to go? Because I imagine there's a lot of work. Yeah, look, it. it's a good question. Um, if for anyone who's thinking of running a gallery, never work with 13 artists at once. There's a tip. Oh, yes. Look, it's a challenge when you've yeah. got a lot of people. But at the same time, it's less... Um, onerous for them mm. because they're not working two years on a body of work to present mm. yeah. which is, of course is, is a huge huge amount of work mm-hmm. and every one of these artists works so consistently and, and well and produces fabulous work um, you really feel when you're running a solo that you have to give it your 
their absolutely best shop for them because they've done such... I, I'm just so always overwhelmed by the kind of work people send me. Mm, yeah. It's just fantastic. Mm, um, I think it's a little easier on the artists when it's a group show and uh-huh. a little harder on me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that about it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Coming yeah. towards the yeah. end of the year, mm. I guess... You know, artists-wise, they're probably going, oh, yes, look, I can do I, that. I can make yeah. a couple of works. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah, 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 well, that's Alexandra's right. going, yeah. but, but then the hard part really is to get all of those works, uh, or to select works that are going to hang well together and not yes. one doesn't overwhelm the other. Because, yes. you know, while, while there is a, a, a basis for the exhibition, which is uh, these people are drawing on their visual imaginations and their visual experience of the world, mm. um, that intimately connects them to our time, to our Mm. place and and makes the work speak of our time very coherently. Uh, But at the same time, you don't want a tiny, quiet drawing being overwhelmed by a very large, Mm. detailed work. So when you come to hang them, that's really the challenging part to get the the show to consistently hang together. Yes, the balance of it all. And, of course, you being an artist yourself... I mean, obviously you have a, a bit of extra insight because some gallery owners, they have an appreciation of art, but they're not practitioners. So for you, is it sometimes mm. you think, hmm, actually, I thought that my painting might look a little bit better than you. I'm to give a few trade secrets away. Just see my work. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Or maybe you think, well, perhaps that, that one was actually, you know, it hits the spot where perhaps, you know, it'll look better there than mine. I don't, I don't know. I guess it, it's, a, it's interesting how it comes together. The, work, yeah. the works kind of tell you themselves. It's pretty much like making art. The work yeah. tells you itself yeah. where, it, went, where yeah. it needs to go. Yes. Yeah. That's right and I guess you, you you develop a trained eye for it over the over the period of time that you've been doing this anyway you might be it might be more intuitive for you I, I think well. I think there's a lot of intuition yeah in that. yeah, yeah I think yeah, so too yeah. um, I was going to ask you another question now with these contributors these amazing artists mm. do is there any time during the exhibition where they you know sometimes they give a lecture or, or not a lecture but yes you know, an artist a, talk an artist mm. talk yes yes, yes. Is that we happening? haven't we haven't scheduled an artist talk yeah. this time um, possibly because you know, it's, it's 13 on But what I love to do is when yeah. people come to the exhibition, people are often very shy about art and mm. mixing with artists and what am I going to yes. say and I don't, oh, think, I don't know what to say about yes. the work. I, I want to meet this person but I'm, ter- I'm terrified. <laughs> just come along. I'll yeah. introduce you. I'll make the conversation work. You yes. know, if you've got any mm. questions, just ask them. Just yeah. ask me. The, the artists... People, they love talking about their work. Yes, yes. That, that, you're talking about what's really close to their heart. Exactly. It's okay yeah, to exactly. say anything, really. <laughs> and I think, it, I, I mean, I, I am speaking for myself when I say this, but I do know a lot of people who sort of feel the same as me or similar in terms of you feel a bit intimidated because I don't, I'm, I'm like, I have no idea what that means and I don't know what to say about it. Yes. Uh, and, and so it can feel a bit intimidating. So I'm glad you've mentioned that because I think it's a good tip for people who, you know, don't have that confidence. Yes, yes. And do feel a bit sort of, oh, I don't know what to say here or I don't know what to think, um, just to go along with an open mind and just enjoy the work. And just you enjoy can get the work. to have a chat. Yeah, that's exactly right. The artist, that's, that, that's what it's yeah. there for. It's not there to be unpacked. No. No, no one needs to write an essay. No. no. Such a relief. It's such a beautiful venue. Too, and the venue itself is very welcoming because it is like a home. And um, yes, people, it you can feel a bit more relaxed perhaps instead of some enormous sort of monolithic structure yeah. that they're walking into. Yeah, I hope people feel comfortable yeah. It is actually my home, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just wonderful, yeah. and it's yeah. a, that sort of intimate sort of feel about it, which, which is lovely. And I was actually going to ask you too. Some of these artists, I, think, I know even Sam. I think we talked to you about him last time. Yes, um, but mm. some of these artists have won awards too, haven't they? I mean, they've been very successful. Um, Look, yeah, met, yes, yeah. most of them have got work in our national collections. Mm. Um, wow. So, uh, you know, 
I'm the outlier there, I think. <laughs> Sometimes, who knows what might happen <laughs> in the next few weeks. Yeah. But I was going to say, with Christmas coming as well, for people who are perhaps thinking yes. about a gift. A beautiful, um, nice investment. That's something we really yeah. Yeah, quite gorgeous. A, a unique sort of present. Uh, yeah, look, uh, I think... I think oh, yeah. getting your hands on any of these works um, is Amazing. a fabulous thing to do. Yeah. Uh, um, look, the living with a, living with a work of art, a, a work of art that has been crafted by expert practitioners of your time, yes. is something that you, is almost indescribable. Mm. The work unfolds itself to you over time. It, yes, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. You don't get tired of it. You exactly. actually yeah. you actually get to know it better and better. It's yeah, like having an old friend in the room. Yeah. Yeah. It, it travels with you. Yes. It's um it is a little hard to describe. Mm. It's the experience of art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonderful. think I'm experiencing that a little bit just by looking at the beautiful um card that you've brought in for us yeah. today with um in Paris piece. You just look back and you see something new every time. Um is there a particular yeah. artist that we you know, should we come along that we should make a particular um, notice of or any standouts there? I mean, you probably don't like to do that. Apart from all of them, generally <laughs> speaking, or is there something look, newer there mm. that we should? Um, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Sometimes. I think I think that different people respond to different works. Okay. Yeah. And so, what I've, I guess the selection of artists, I, I, I think that whoever you are, you will come along and find something that you respond to. Yes. Uh, the one that is on this card here is, as I said, a semi-abstracted landscape. Mm. Other works are um, much more in the realist vein. Mm-hmm. Some, one in particular is completely abstract. Mm-hmm. So uh, some, are, some are highly colourful, some are pure pencil on paper yeah. uh, it, it's quite a range okay. yeah. um, so I wouldn't say oh, you must come and see such and such yes. a work I, I, would, I think the viewer will, will come and respond to what they respond to and that's the beauty of having so many of artists I guess in this one exhibition is mm. that you can do that and um, and you know find the the ones that resonate most. Yes, the ones that resonate with yeah. you. Yes, yeah. yes. Lovely. Such a yeah. personal taste thing too. It exactly. Is. And I was just going to ask you too, Alexandra, um, it's a difficult thing, I'm sure, to, to try to balance your own artistic sort of pursuits with the administrative side of, of being the gallery owner. Mm. Um, is that why you took time out? Because yeah. <laughs> a little while earlier? Uh, yes, that, that was. I have to do that now and again, otherwise I go completely mad. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a creative person uh, myself. I mean, yeah. I'm first of all an artist and, and you know, running the gallery is something that that I do. I, I love handling other work. I love seeing other people's work. I love talking about art with yes. the other artists. Mm. Those are the bonuses. The downside is less time in the studio. Mm. Uh, mm. So, so I do take those little patches of time out to have a bit of a concentrated plug of way of it but also i was expecting my second grandchild yes. so, so oh, that was yeah. a nice little time oh, to have how old is your grandchild this uh grandchild? two months yeah. oh two yeah. months yeah. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah going beautifully so well nice. yeah and That's now lovely. some of your children um maybe possibly your grandchildren um have they followed you into art have i asked you this before no no i've managed to turn them all off oh. <laughs> No, oh, they're far too clever for me. I <laughs> no, they've all got into sort of scientific. Um, oh, uh, yes. uh, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, they're really science, science and maths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that might that might come out again in the next generation or the generation after, or whatever. So you know, no. watch those grandkids. tucked away there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. You never know where it's going to appear. Yeah, that's fantastic. Not. And did you want to mention anyone who's actually uh, opening the exhibition? Or are you opening this exhibition? I'm going to open this one mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, the artists, I, um, I would expect that you know some of the artists who live locally will be there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they will be. Um, mm-hmm. But then we've got quite a few who are from interstate, so they won't be. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But look, 
it's just a nice relaxed evening oh, of some jazz lovely. music, some beautiful work in a lovely space. Exactly. Yeah. What's not to like, Indeed. really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's right. Not, Absolutely. beautiful. And, and I think also in the context of where we are in the year with us people generally having very busy years and there's a lot of stress at the end of the year often, it's a nice gift to yourself to go, mm. oh, I just go way of putting it. Yeah. And um, enjoy myself and take some time out for me because it's, it's a beautiful thing to do and um, might be just the thing that gets you over the line for the end of the year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Have a exactly. little bit of time out. And also um, to encourage some of these talented people too. I mean, a friend of mine, yeah. her late partner, sat he's not long around, but he used to make a point of actually buying work that he liked um, from artists who weren't very well known. I mean, yes. but they may become well known. Of course, down the track, who's to say you might be getting an investment uh, apart from the emotional aesthetic appeal, but you might be getting a fun, something that might actually pay dividends down the track too. So that's just a possibility. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So something to think about. So, so November the second to the eighteenth, and the times you mentioned before were Thursday to Saturday, and is that the same for this exhibition? Yes, Alexandra? it is. 12 so to twelve till five. five. Yes, Beautiful. that's right. Lovely. Yes. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That and sounds really it's good. Free admission. It's free admission. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Exactly, yes, yeah. so um, that's important too. And so people can check out more about uh, you and the uh, the gallery on the website. On the website, yeah. and uh, they can sign up to the little newsletter if they like, and they'll get more information as it comes out. Fantastic. Um, that goes out about once a month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Thanks so much for coming in. It's been great to see you and to hear about this exhibition. We will put it on our Facebook page, Big Life Conversation, um, the Curator's Choice Group Exhibition at the Alexandra Sasse Gallery, uh, second to the Thank 18th you. of November. Yes. Five yeah. minutes to five on Big Life Conversation. We'll be back. Thanks so much, Alexandra. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back probably sooner than we thought because (laughs) we're just waiting a little bit of music, guys. Okay. Everybody, talk amongst yourselves. We'll just get some (laughs) other music going. We might just check that out. Uh, What else have we got happening, guys? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to popping in and seeing the exhibition, actually. So I'm quite excited about that. Yes. Um, But as you know, I was going to uh, launch into a little bit of a health segment, if I may. Um, before we get some music sorted. So before we had our guests, we were talking about eye health and how important eye health is and that uh, I had some recent news, having gone to my optometrist, about my glaucoma uh, increasing 10%. And uh, there's a lot of things that you can do around that. A lot of people can feel quite helpless for um, such a condition. And so what we want to do is give people some options for their eye health as well. So firstly, I just thought I'd start with a bit of a (laughs) snippet about what is glaucoma. So it is one of the leading causes of visual impairment and severe irreversible blindness in the world, along with macular degeneration. Um, It is quite common both in Australia and the United States, um, and it's estimated to impair around 5.7 million people globally. Um, And the scary thing is that many people, half by some estimates, don't even know that they have it. So there's no real signs and symptoms uh, until it's quite progressed. Um, Medical treatment is essential to prevent prevent further damage from glaucoma, but there's also certain foods and supplements that can help improve uh, symptoms and fight eye damage. In fact, the use of complementary and alternative medicine in glaucoma has received some really um, interesting, uh, well, interest from ophthalmologists and patients 
more recently. Um, one thing is for sure, it is quite a serious condition and can lead to permanent vision loss if untreated. So um, it is, uh, as I said, blindness contributes to around 9 to 12% um, of all cases in the globe. And... Um, and there are some different types of glaucoma as well. So primary open angle, primary angle closure, and this is just depends on what part of the optic nerve is actually damaged. Um, and so just to let you know that it's about the um, what's called intraocular pressure building up in the eye as a result of some damage to the optic nerve. And uh, when you've got an optic nerve damage, the view is that it's it's not remedied. It's, it's Once it's damaged, it's actually damaged. Um, and so some of the symptoms, most won't have any symptom at all. Um, and some people, it will slowly progress and then they might notice some peripheral vision change. Um, with most of the um, types of glaucoma, there's an increased eye pressure. And that's when you have your, if you've ever been to an optometrist and they blow some air into your eye, that's when you actually are having the reactional response of your um, optic nerve um, tested for that pressure in the eye. So most people, I think normal pressure is around 15 to 20. Um, glaucoma sort of steps in from 21 onwards, um, from sort of 22 to say um, uh, 25 is kind of mild, from 26 to 30 it gets a little bit more severe mm -hmm. if you're looking at those different sort of um, areas uh, and different sort of ways to, to grade your results. Um, causes in and prevention. So glaucoma is caused by that buildup of fluid in the eye that puts pressure on that optic nerve, retina and the lens. And it's referred to inter as interocular pressure. Um, and the accumulation of um, waste is um, often related to um, aging, high blood pressure, prescription drugs, any physical injury of the eye. Um, and so studies have shown that reducing that interocular pressure significantly delays the progression of um, glaucoma. So reducing, of course, all of the other um, aging-related factors, blood pressure, drugs, etc., are going to help with reduction there. I presume, Susan, Nicole, that the smoking is a definite no-no. Is that Look, right? smoking would anything that dries the eye out and could impact that optic nerve. Yes. Um, quite interestingly, if I segue into what gets up my nose, <laughs> is yes. the optometrist Thanks. that I went to today just gave me the. No, there's nothing you can do. And I oh. said, I'm a nutritionist, oh. so you know, I know about certain foods and <laughs> wow. nutrients and causative factors. And he goes, well, it'd be genetic and no, there's no, you know, really? there's some things that you can, um, medications that you can get from a ophthalmologist. And anyway, when I went home, I went, well, there's a whole range of different things that you yes. can do. Um, yeah, so it was, it was mm. very limiting and quite frightening yes. to have that kind of and response. And other people being told the same thing and getting very depressed and upset exactly. about it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So make sure you have a good relationship with your um, optician, mm. let's and just say. And ask those questions. Definitely <laughs> ask, ask the questions. questions. Yeah. So um, there are some, you know, family history links, steroid use, hypertension, obesity, uh, nearsighted people are more prone, um, people who are 
African American and Hispanic over sixty. If you're mm-hmm. over sixty in general, um, yes. if you have an Asian background, you can be more prone to this. Um, uh-huh. Conventional treatment is drops um, and surgery at some point where fluid can be drained because the issue is that there's this fluid that can't be drained because the uh-huh. nerves not functioning uh-huh. properly. Yeah. But let's have a look at some of those natural remedies. I think that's really important mm. to get to know. Um, the first one, none of these will be surprises to you, and especially if you've been listening to me previously. Foods high in antioxidants. Um, so things that help remove any of those free radicals that help damage. This includes our fruits and veggies, high in vitamin A and C, particularly the collard greens, cabbages, green beans, kale, spinach, celery. So all of those leafy greens, super mm. important. Um, Foods high in carotenoids or carotenoids, however you'd like to say that. Um, uh, Studies show that dietary intake of A and C show beneficial associated with glaucoma. Orange and yellow fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. are critical to providing sufficient vitamin A to keep eyes very healthy. Some foods highest in beta-carotene include, as you would know, thinking about all those orange and yellow veggies, Mm -hmm. carrots, pumpkin, sweet potatoes, cantaloupe, mango, to name a few. Um, Fresh fruits and juices, which have a lot of those vitamins and minerals in them as well, full of antioxidants. Um, Blueberries and cherries, also fantastic. Two super fruits that contain what's called an anthracyanin, and that's a a, um, type of flavonoid that can help fight the free radicals and the damage in the eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Wild-caught fish with the omega-3, the EPA, DHA, fatty acids. Um, They also have, um, and also... um, as taxanthin, um, which is a carotenoid, uh, also powerful antioxidant found in wild-caught salmon, uh, can help with eye health. And um, one other food, brewer's yeast, which has got chromium in it, which is often mm. something that's used for blood sugar regulation, mm-hmm. um, has been shown to um, have benefit for people with glaucoma. So some might have some insulin resistance or blood sugar issues, and um, that can assist with that as well. Um, So obviously eating those lovely antioxidant-rich foods, avoiding coffee, alcohol, sugar, and you guessed it, salt as well. Oh, there we go. (laughs) Um, Bilberry is quite an interesting um, herb that is apparently very good for eye health and there's some supplements out there that have bilberry in it in a powdered form to get the really concentrated version it, apparently 160 milligrams of bilberry twice a day is very helpful um the aztaxanthin which is um again another potent um, carotenoid, which you can supplement with as well, two milligrams a day. The EPA DHA is suggested um, to have around 400 milligrams of DHA or, you know, making sure that you're getting a lot of good omega-3 fish in your diet. Um, CoQ10 is shown to have an amazing support, not only for energy, but to prevent any damage to the eye. Magnesium is also important for blood vessel health. Uh, and getting the oxygen to the eyes. Um, Some essential oils have been shown to be helpful. Frankincense oil has been demonstrated to improve eyesight and blood flow. Um, So that's quite a nice one you can put into a vaporizer in your room, which can be great um, uh, as well. And I think there's a couple of other cypress essential oil and Healy Chrysum. 
I haven't heard of that one before, but mm. um, you could put those into an oil um, burner and have that um, or a diffuser into the air and therefore help your eyes as well. So um, there are some many different things that we can do there. Um, and food as medicine is wonderful at, um, you know, slowing progression of so many things and making sure that you've got a diet. You know, the first and foremost is, you know, thinking about Mediterranean style diet. You've got your, your leafy greens, fruits and veggies, and you've got your um, fish in your diet and keeping everything else that is an additive or packaged um, low. Green tea has also been shown to be great okay. as well. So right. making awesome. sure you've got lots of green tea. Very good. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Thank you so much. Yeah. That is awesome. Of information. Really good information and um, something for all of us because it's it's your eyes, right? It I is. Know. Pretty That's good. Right. important. Um, and we'll be back with more in just a moment. 14 minutes past five, that was the Eurythmics with Sweet Dreams. We all love them. Back with you, Big Life Conversation, Nicole, Barbara and Jacinta. And we are very pleased to introduce our next guest uh, to you. It's Stuart Blair. We're going to have a chat with Stuart right now and hear all about his wonderful work. Stuart, how are you? Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks a lot, Stuart. It's Barbara here. Um, thanks a lot for taking time out from your very busy schedule. Now, you're um, very involved, or actually um, the manager of the recently opened Whitehorse Repair Cafe, as well as running um, the Whitehorse Men's Shed. Is that correct? It is. It is, yes. And now, tell, yes. Us, tell us a little bit about the Whitehorse Repair Cafe. It's a great idea, and apparently the whole um, uh, or concept actually originally started in the Netherlands uh, some years back. Is that right? It did. It started in the Netherlands in 2009, and there's now repair cafes all over the world, and they're very popular here in Australia. And so, uh, you've got one that's recently opened at Whitehorse, um, and right. you've got, I uh, gather there's a, a special session coming up, um, is it November the 11th at, uh, at the Saturday week, is that correct? That's correct. So our repair cafe, which is called Healthability Repair Cafe, which is in the Whitehorse, area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it runs on the second Saturday of each month yep. between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. and it's located uh, at Strathton House right. which is yep. 449 to 465 Springville Road Forest Hill, just behind the Forest Hill Police Station. Oh, oh great. Yep. And how long have you been involved with it um, or something very similar? Or is, this, is this a new venture for you too? This is pretty new. We've had three uh, cafes so far, and uh, so we started, uh, I think, in July. Uh, so we have one each month, mm-hmm. but uh, it's taken it's it's taken about twelve months to get up and running. It's been a lot of work. Certainly. And can you explain a little bit about what sort of things you repair? Because it's a, it's a fantastic <laughs> it's a fantastic yeah. idea with sustainability and recycling and and getting uh, goods back uh, in working order. I suppose. That's right. You know, the more the more that we can save going to landfill, the better for the environment. And in relation to what types of repairs we do, uh, there are really anything comes through the door. We've had a huge teddy bear. We've had <laughs> um, garden shears, bikes, clothing, wow. electrical know, goods as well. Yeah, we have electrical goods and clocks, radios, watches, clocks. <laughs> um, 
Yes, what else we had? Uh, and lots of woodworking things, you know, things that have been broken. Um, and, and how does it work in, in terms of, are there experts there to, to repair? How, how does it work? Yeah, certainly with the electrical stuff, I have a qualified electrician. And um, But for the woodworkers, people like myself, I'm a carpenter and joiner. Okay. Um, the, the ladies that do the garment repairs, they're really good at all the sewing stuff. Fantastic. Um, the guy who does the bike, uh, Eric, you know, he's just a, a, a cyclist, very, and, but he just knows them inside out. Fantastic and idea. able to fix anything. That's great. Yeah. And is there a charge that, uh, for, that the people or a contribution that people or donation people make for this sort of service? How, how does it work? Yeah, there's no charge, uh, but, you know, it costs a lot of money to run it, so we, we encourage donations. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Do you have to book uh, in beforehand, or can you just rock up with your goodies or your baddies? Just as goes rock up. <laughs> we just rock up, and we've got some lovely regulars already att- attending each one, mm-hmm. which is really nice as yeah. well. So we always have tea and coffee and biscuits there. Uh, and the Stratton House Orchard Precinct is just a beautiful setting. Uh, they've got beautiful gardens, and it's, it's a lovely old farmhouse. Oh, and, wow. okay. uh, Yeah, we're, we're in what's called the packing shed out back, mm-hmm. but you can walk through the house, and it's got like 12-foot-high ceilings. Oh, wow, it's amazing. It's lovely, yeah. Sounds gorgeous. Oh, wow. And you're also involved with um, the men's shed, at Waters Men's Shed, I yes, believe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I also manage the the Healthability Men's Shed, uh, which was formerly called the White Horse Men's Shed. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's my main job um, so I do that uh, most days of the week and uh, we also work with some school kids and okay. we run a, a program also for some men with greater support needs mm-hmm. and uh, next year I'm looking at starting a women's shed oh wow and great idea yeah there's a lot of interest That's so we're fantastic. really excited to be able to bring that to mm. the community long overdue I think that's a yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> great idea yes. And so your own background, obviously, I, I'm hazarding a guess. You're from Scotland, would that be fair to say? Yes, I come <laughs> from a little village called Glasgow. Okay. Oh. So you're, you're from Billy Connolly, Connolly Territory, yeah? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Love yeah. Glasgow. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful accent. So I came out here in 81, so I've pretty well lost my accent. Oh, we, we'd yeah. like to have met you when you first came out. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's really strong. It's, it's a great accent. And so you've got your own background in carpentry. Um, yes. And so... This whole like, concept of the men's shed in particular, I mean, it's a, it's a great social network thing for people as, as well as a practical th- skills thing, isn't it? It is. You know, I've got men that just come along uh, and do a crossword. Oh, and really? the alternative is, uh, you know, maybe sitting at home alo- uh, alone. Yes, yeah, So it's yes. nice having yeah. that social interaction. Uh, our our men's shed is provided... Uh, by HealthAbility, which is a community health service. Mm-hmm. So we really have a focus on trying to target uh, people who have become sort of socially isolated. Yes. Uh, yes. So, yeah, they, they do lots of little projects. Uh, they bring things in from home and repair them. Uh, today we were making a sort of easel for, uh, uh, for a, a local group that... Uh, help in the community as well. Okay. Uh, we make, you name it, we will try and fix it or make it. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Fantastic. I'm thinking of a few items I could bring along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. also yeah. a husband that might be uh, a, a oh, fixer yeah. that could sit in. Yeah. Oh, great, yeah. yes. That's it's actually, uh, it's, it's been interesting because um, wives actually 
uh, like the main shed because it gives them gives their husbands, their partners, somewhere to go. Time out. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, so it seems to be a win-win for everyone. Yes, that's a great idea. And is it, I don't know whether I'm generalising here or being uh, using some stereotypes, but I, I get the impression that um, a lot of women may be just happy to sit, have a chat and have a coffee and they'll, they'll talk about their problems or whatever it might be. But a lot of men might feel awkward about that and they think, I'm working on a task here mm. and maybe yeah. a little bit of the conversation can get going while we're, you know, we're involved in this, this practical sort of issue. Um, exactly is that, is that a fair happened. comment? It is very fair. And... You know, often what will happen is it will start with a little bit of banter or a joke, yes. and then someone will say, look, I'm, I've had that problem, and this is my experience, okay. and then it opens up a great positive discussion, sure. and then it allows me to then sort of uh, refer people back into our health ability uh, programs, mm -hmm. you know, uh, particularly things like podiatry, you know, or uh, management of their diabetes and things okay. like that. Yeah. So, and what yeah. about psychological and, and uh, sort of social yeah. support thing as well? Yeah, we, yep. we have a, a, a group for a primary carers. Oh, um, yes. Okay. Yeah, but just being part of the, the Men's Shed sort of group, um, there's just this sort of magic that happens where they support each other. Um, and it just seems to be, you know, people uh, particularly have, have said, going through COVID, how difficult it was yes. and how much they missed it, the shed and exactly. how much they look forward to it oh, each week. So, yeah. That's great. Well, we're really keen to hear about, uh, we'll have to have you on the show again another time to talk about the women's shed and when that's starting up. Have you got yeah. any dates in mind yet when that might I, be happening? Or I haven't because um, last year we had to actually move out of our Nana Wadding premises mm -hmm. and uh, we're moving back into Whitehorse, hopefully just after Christmas. Okay. Uh, uh, the council have uh, kindly uh, organised a building. Uh, we just need to um, do some works mm -hmm. to it. It needs a little bit of renovation. And as soon as we're in, uh, I'm going to start. I've got a number of ladies who are really keen. And, um, yeah, I don't think there'll be any problem filling that. No, I'm sure uh, not. Program. They'll be beating the doors down. That's, that, that sounds great. Um, and, uh, anyway, we've we really enjoyed chatting to you. Jacinda Nicole, did you have anything pleasure. else to add as well? Um, I was just going to to say, Stuart, hearing about the addition of the women's shed, um, mm -hmm. there's now the opportunity for the men and the women, the different sheds, to get together for some uh, cups of tea and <laughs> yeah. a bit of social um, interaction. Absolutely. Is that on the cards? Yeah, yes. yeah, look, I would love to. It's finding time in a week that's already busy, yeah. but I would really like to have a, a, a mixed group. Yes, yes. Um, yes. It'd yeah, be great. Yeah, so we'll look at that in the future as well. Yeah, lovely. And just a big thank you. I, I think we love people who volunteer and make um, our communities um, even better than they are and always seeking to help people and that the social isolation sometimes can be oh, really yeah. challenging. And so, mm -hmm. you know, a big thank you for, for doing this. We do need people to give us a bit of that impetus to get up and yeah. get going yeah. and yeah. enjoy yeah. The vibe there is lovely. It's really positive and people come along. Oh, and, you know, we can't fix everything and yet no. they've still got a smile on their face and they've had a nice little time there. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's a great, great. idea. And that's so wonderful. if people want to find a bit more, a bit more about the uh, White House Repair Cafe and yes. all the men's uh, slash women's sheds, yeah. uh, we, just, should they jump on a website or what should they do? Yeah, look, the easiest way is to just go uh, and type in healthability, which is one word, mm -hmm. in yep. either men's shed or repair cafe and it will lead you to everything. Great.
That's wonderful. Fantastic. Um, we'll, we'll let you get back to your very busy day, Stuart, and we thank you, thank you so much for joining Lovely us today. To you. All yeah. the best. Thanks, Stuart. All the best. Thanks, Stuart. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Back with you on Big Life Conversation, 29 minutes past five here. Big show, lots happening, guys, and we only have half an hour with you. We will be finishing at 6 o'clock with the 6 o'clock news, but we've got a few little things that we still uh, wanted to share with you. One of them I wanted to share was I always like to have a check of a great online um, news feed that is Women's Agenda, mm. and today I was reading, I've spoken about the future of work a little bit f- before yes. in terms of people working from home and what this trend is, sort of how it's settling or not settling, so to speak, but um, there's a little bit of research that has just been released again on this. Now, um, and it states that the future of work is up for debate as this new research reveals that one in three employee employers, I should say, plan to pay employees who work from home differently from their oh, office colleagues. Yes, yes. So things are still moving. Mm. Um, now, critics have cautioned employers about discrimination risks, which first mm. thing that comes to mind, mm. with remote workers often choosing this lifestyle in order to fulfil caregiving responsibilities. And, of course, many of them are women. So it's affecting <laughs> women more yes. um, that they take on that unpaid care, yep. mostly. So the, the research, this was released uh, actually today. It, it comes out of a Herbert Smith Free Hills Future of Work Global Survey. Mm. And apparently globally, about 38% of senior executives in large, uh, this is uh, Australian organisations, told the survey that working from home will become a privileged earned through trust and seniority, with 37% revealing plans to pay remote staff differently to in office staff in the next three to five years. Mm. So that's where the trend is going. Yes, Um, Yes. just differently they're saying. Differently. Mm. 13% of employees said remote workers will receive less pay and fewer benefits, while unions have argued these workers should be paid more due to the rising cost of heating and electricity. And many have pointed out that employers save money by downsizing when staff work from home. So Mm. look, it's... It's a, a situation where we've come out of COVID, you know, a couple of years now or whatever it is, a little bit, is it something like that? that but, true? but you know, and people are very settled into working from home yes. and we loved it and now uh, employers are going, it's not quite working for us. But there's been such pushback mm. that it's been very difficult to sort of, un, what do you call it, un... Scramble the egg, yeah. something like that. Um, like so, that. but it's a watch this space one because uh, definitely large corporates are, are not very happy with the amount no. of people that are taking this flexible approach and, and being able on to it work at the from moment home. too. Like different organisations have been talking about, you know, fifty percent, sixty, sixty percent mm. where I work needs to be. Uh, on site and especially if you're doing some client-facing work that's to be conducted all on site and that makes sense to me. And however, having said that, if when I'm working from home, I have a much longer day because I integrate bits of what I do from anything from when I've just woken up at 7am right through to sometimes 10.30pm. Yes. And whilst I'm not doing this concentrated, solid block of work, yep. um, I'm doing bits when it suits me best. Yes. 
and I'm managing other things around the home when it suits me best sure. and also my health and well-being. So, yeah. you know, I might still go to the, the gym at 9.30 to 10.30 and be unavailable for meetings at those times yep. because that suits me best. But I'm available for the rest of the day. So mm. I think it'll be really interesting how they decide to do that and mm. the nature of work has changed. Yes. I'm not sure they can totally go back. No, and I don't I think, think so. so. You know, so, so if the there's the yeah. employees that, that, that have a problem with that, they are lesser in number than the um, – sorry, employers that have a problem with that. Mm. They are much lesser in number than the – employees yeah and with the shortage of um people that are i think you're gonna have to be a little bit flexible yeah Mm, i think so and and i reckon they should have taken that we should be taking the opportunity to go okay covid threw everything up in the air and and now let's look at that organization or what suits our people yeah bringing in those elements that you spoke about nicole Mm. um people it's it's a it's more of can we look at an integration model that Mm. is going to work for people that'll be different for people but an integrated approach to work and and your well-being and all those different things so which would be forward thinking and sort of progressive in given that we've had that COVID experience it was a good opportunity to then sort of change things up and and look at how we go forward with that Uh, because we know productivity was you know quite high exactly you can you can be at work and be less productive than you are at home I mean absolutely be very social at work I've found which I I love yeah Uh, Mm. and there's all these shops outside because I'm in City, and <laughs> I love that. Plenty to do. Uh, so there's plenty to do, and yeah. is that keeping me as focused? So you know, are we going to be clocking in and clocking off, or logging hours, right. or yeah, yeah, or, or you so, know, are they going to be checking in on mm-hmm. who's logged in when, exactly, who's logged off when? Oh well, yes, we've had you a know? few of those things come up. Yes, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who's so the dynamic has changed quite a bit. It has, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and. Um, Yes, with, with, well, as I say, with, with sort of mixed results, but um, that's interesting because that that brings me to what gets up my nerves. Oh, yes, go on. Yes, yes. What gets up my nerves? Well, um, particular organisation that I work for, which will remain nameless, what got up my nose was that a particular colleague who left the, the organisation some time ago, and a particular colleague that I was not overly fond of, to, to put it mildly, um, I thought well, that it was very relieved when this person uh, left. Only to discover just recently that this person is returning to the company. And, oh, no. um, dear. Yeah, so that got up my nerves. Oh, a wow. Mm. Um, yes, I'm not the only person who felt this way about this particular person. I've discussed it with um, some other, another colleague anyway. But, uh, yeah, so as you say, working from home, they, it's, it's possible that, uh, um, you know, that we can uh, perhaps not interact with them as much, but there'll still, there'll still be some interaction. But, you know, I thought, unless this person's had a personality uh, change, transplant, <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope that it'd be an improvement. But um, I'm not holding my breath. But I thought, you know, when I heard that news, I thought, oh, dear. Anyway. It's a bit of a challenge, uh, that situation, to get your, your mind set around to exactly. go, I remember before. Yeah, that's right. What oh, do I do that's now? That's right. This yeah, person might the same way about me, of course. But anyway, yep. <laughs> we shall see. Yes. Uh, but what makes my day is, and we were talking um a little bit off here about uh, friends who hadn't been well. What makes my day is that uh, are some friends who are, have had strokes recently but are on the mend oh, because, as you know, fantastic. that can be a, a complicated uh, scenario to be dealing with. So anyway, yeah. that made my day. Yeah, lovely. That's really nice. I mean, I sort of dabbled on my earlier one. I'm sure I could come up with another around practitioners in the medical field not sort of thinking outside the square yeah. about what people might want to see additional supports and yes. Just doing a little bit of research and giving people other options to say, sure, look, absolutely, the medical process says this, this and this. 
And I also know that other people have seen X, Y, and Z. You don't have to tout it as your ideal treatment, but knowing that there are other options and not closing people off to, you know, that's it and that's what you dealt and exactly. that's, that's, you know, so I don't like that that no. real definitive kind no. of black and white thinking no, in no. the medical profession. So mm. that gets up yep. my nose. Um, almost similarly, I was going to go into the workplace is the um, – you know, organisations since the dawn of time have been taken over by other organisations and upsize yes. and right size. And so you would think that we'd have a really good handle on how to let people go in the nicest possible way. Mm. But to this date, it's still not happening mm. in organisations and mm. people have been brought together in a big group and then just told yeah. you're no longer required. So oh, really? And, oh, then, and then and that's that's the conversation. Yes, that's it's like, it. Yep. You know, it really surprises me that that sort of thing is still out there that's and that true. HR professionals are not mm. equipped uh, yes. and or organisations don't have the supports available mm. or mm. don't know what they are to then even equip people with um, processes, tools, supports. Mm, exactly. um, so much so that, you know, fortunately the wonderful staff that I have around me um, did all of that for for the people that have um, – actually to party in my organisation mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, so, yeah, that's surprising. What what makes my day, however, exactly the opposite of that is those people that do have the awareness to pick up the slack where standard organisational processes are falling, you know, by the yes. wayside and colleagues, friends, um, all of the people that um, are there day-to-day just step up when the going gets tough mm-hmm. and I think... That's a really beautiful thing to see in action. So it sure is, and we all need lots of that Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Um, my what gets up my nose it has got a business theme, and it's around because <laughs> um, this business that I own it's it's a it's a group accommodation facility, and we provide food and accommodation. And you know how people. Things have gone up like a lot, like your electricity mm. and your food and your everything. Mm. And when we have to put prices up, customers complain. And they're sort of like – the customers that say to me, oh, oh, gosh, that's a lot. We're not going to pay that. We've always had this or we've <laughs> always done this. And it's really frustrating because it not only does it – I know that for me, in any way in business, I am really careful about how much I put – things up and I'm not ripping people off but Mm. you have to increase prices Mm. um, in order to stay in business Mm. to be to be honest so getting those sorts of responses from people really gets up Up my my nose nose. and then in contrast and it's still within that business context the people that make my day are the ones that just support you in business and that includes your team and your staff but the ones that go you know it it is hard being in business small business is hard work and um, it it is tough to keep going but those people that do keep you going and they give you a hand or they're there Mm -hmm. there's an ear to listen to so that's where I'm at but um, yeah cost of living is hitting everybody people it is businesses as well so absolutely so um, uh, people do need the support and we, even more so. We sure do. Hey, understanding. What, 20 minutes to six. What about a joke? Ooh, <laughs> now I have a joke. Yes, please. Um, I told this one last week and I've also got a new one. Uh, oh, so she's on it. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm on to it. But I, my family have, you know, been good sources and perhaps some not so good sources <laughs> um, of jokes. And... Um, one of these, I think, is better than the other. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, let me find that very, very quickly. 
sorry, I'm scrolling, scrolling on my phone as we speak. Um, I told my wife I can make a car out of spaghetti. You should have seen her face when I drove past her. Oh, oh <laughs> get it? Pasta. Got it. Got it. Um, <laughs> that was one. What about for you, Barb? I'll find this other one. I've got some I silly ones because Halloween, of course, is almost upon us. Um, and yes. so these have a thing. What's green sits in the corner and cries? Oh. The incredible sulk. <laughs> what do vampires cross the sea in? Blood vessels. Oh. <laughs> Why did the zombie decide to stay in his coffin? No, he felt rotten. He felt rotten. Oh, dear. And this goes on and on. On and on and on. (laughs) Well, I've only got one today. What what do you call a snowman having a tantrum? What? A meltdown. meltdown. Oh, that's cute. I think I told you this. This is not the one I was looking for. There are quite a few that get texted to me over the the day. Why couldn't the sunflower ride its bike? Why not? It lost its petals. Yeah. Um, I think I said that one before. And uh, there was one other. But, yes, I think that's um, I think that's it for us. <laughs> Thank um, you. Yeah. <laughs> a couple that, of little, that's wonderful. A couple of little, little ones for the day. But send them in. Send them yes, in to our Facebook like, page. If you think our jokes are really lame and you can't bear listening to them, please send please, us some. Please <laughs> you got a better idea? Yeah. Because yeah. right. um, we do like Help a us. really good joke we and um, limited supply. <laughs> so we'd love some goodies. So if you can get onto our Facebook page, Big Life Convo, we'd love to hear your jokes. Just post it in the um, the chat for yeah, today. Thank you. And we'll, we can uh, talk it. And call it out on air the following weeks. Yes, (laughs) exactly. And uh, look, just, I know we haven't got long to go, but I wanted to mention there is a a long, you know, it's the traditional long weekend, (laughs) next weekend, and there's a big horse race, which I don't really follow, but um, but it does mean, and I think for a lot of us, it simply means a four-day weekend. I was, uh, I had to go and get my car repaired uh, today and leave it for a week, but I wanted to be able to pick it up next Monday. And they said, "Oh no, 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 we're closed Monday." I'm like, "Oh, you're it's closed Monday, but it's not officially." Mm. So Monday and Tuesday. So that was a bit, little bit interesting. And I know a lot of people take that opportunity to do that. And while we're speaking about that, we are going to take the opportunity to not be here next Monday yeah. as well. We we can't. To hit, yeah. Yes, head off. Mm. Uh, even my kids' school follow suit and say, "You know, it's a mid semester break." It's a mid semester mm. break. Yeah, this- take that Monday. This is it. Um, and we will be back with all our wrap-up of the week in just a moment. Save your tears, people, for another day. We don't want to see tears today. And it's Monday and it is 13 minutes to six. Barbara, we're about to wrap up, but we've got a few things. that There was something very nice you mentioned about Race horses who've gone. Oh yes, now to retire. I must admit that um, in the past few years, I certainly have uh, uh, lost interest in that particular horse race after finding out some uh, disturbing stories about what how horses have and and also people in the industry have been treated or mistreated, shall we say? Um, But uh, as a counterpoint to that, um, have you heard of uh, the living legends like retirement home for? 
racehorses. Yes, I have. I just heard about this recently from a friend of mine. Cheryl, if you're listening, hello, and thank you for the tip. Um, yeah, so basically this is where the, the champions go to retire. It's in Greenvale, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's really a bit of a labour of love, I think, for, for seeing the people who run it. I'm not sure if there might be an admission charge to go and visit, but um, apparently uh, this is a lovely place for where these champions can um, live out their, uh, their final days or years um, in a lot of comfort, and um, and you can come along and uh, I gather you can uh, you can have a look at them. Yeah. Um, and um, I, 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 I presume there's some sort of cafe or something there as well. But anyway, I just thought it's, it's a great idea. I mean, here's so much negative stuff about about some of the uh, the way some of the, some of these animals have been treated over the years. But I think that's nice to know there are people out there who um, have good hearts and who have uh, been doing something practical about it. So yes, you I, can I think so too. It's idea. lovely. Yeah. Living yeah. Legends online. You can Living just check legends. it out. Makes yeah. me think about the the you know the greyhound rescues and yeah, um, exactly, Nicole. The wonderful work that they do. My sister has a, a rescue greyhound and um, yeah, those animals are very traumatised by their experiences and, they and they've given so much in so many ways. Yes, yes. yes. absolutely and they so deserve exactly. a, a really beautiful retirement. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really a lovely do. idea, don't you? And a lot of those horses are not uh, are not um, uh, broken down by any means. No, They're yeah, still exactly. very fit but just not fit for racing. That's right. Um, yeah. so they could live a long time still. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a great idea and then for people to show some appreciation. So, yeah, check that out online if you if you uh, perhaps want to spend um, some time out there instead of uh, maybe at the track or whatever. Oh. Um, also, um, I want to mention that uh, in terms of movies, the British Film Festival is about to open this yes, week as well. Yes, we love that. Yet another fantastic film festival mm. and um, it's running in until um, uh, the uh, well, we're starting on the first of November and running through for uh, several weeks. And the venues are, of course, the Palace, a lot of Palace cinemas, including the Astor. Um, I got to see a preview the other night of a very interesting one, and it's called The Old Oak. And uh, about a, st- a publican struggles to hold on to his small town pub as tensions rise upon mm. the arrival of Syrian refugees seeking asylum. It's, oh. it's the final work from um, the renowned filmmaker Ken Loach, um, and he's, of course. Um, a famous um, famous director who's very much concerned about um, social issues and human rights issues. Um, and this is an interesting story about how uh, a community which is considered to be like a downtrodden, poor community, how it can go either way in terms of showing generosity to people who are in an even worse situation than they are. And we see this in our own country. People who sometimes have been, who've suffered the most can sometimes be the kindest, but can sometimes be the cruelest to people who've actually had a tougher time than they. So, so true. Yes, which is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a, it's a, a quite a moving, poignant film. And um, that's just one of many. Another one that I think a lot of people would love is Michael Caine's last film. He said he's retiring oh, yeah. at the oh, ripe age of 90. Yes. Good the Great Escaper with Glenda Jackson, yes. who was sadly lost earlier this year, yes. based on a true story about a war veteran who decides to break out of his nursing home to <laughs> go and attend a remembrance uh, ceremony, I think, in France because he was a, a war vet. But anyway, that sounds quite delightful as well. Yeah. But, there are, but there are lots of ones that you should check out. So go yes. online to jump onto uh, the British Film Festival. The British there and, is, um, um, you'll uh, you'll get some uh, ideas. I always get the wonderful mail from the Palace Cinema, and I know oh, yes. that there's um, one oh. being touted, the um, uh, 2023. Kind of British Film Festival special screening of the Pretty Red Dress and oh, yes. um, about Tina Turner. Yes, Young it's about, playing the role of Tina Turner. It's about Tina yes. Turner at the <gasps> Palace uh, Cinema Como Thursday, the 9th of November at seven pm. And I believe that there are um, drinks and nibbles there for mm. that particular opening as well but um mm. looks like a, a good one as well yes and for those of you hitchcock fans there's a hitchcock documentary as well as part of the lineup so there's there's heaps of them as well as a retrospective britain's finest leading ladies 
um, and, and including um, uh, films such as uh, Women in Love, The Remains of the Day, Howard's End, and so on. So on. anyway, there's, there's something for everyone, as I say. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to circle back to that that big horse race because yes. there's something um, about that in terms of if you are going, you may need to rethink the dress code and what you're going to wear, particularly if you're going to wear shorts. Now, apparently, <laughs> oh. um, the dress code has been relaxed for people who identify as a man and so they're saying that the oh this is actually gay waterhouse has come out to speak about this and she's quite outraged Mm. saying um she's a she's against allowing men to wear shorts in the members area Mm. in particular at flemington this week did she say why Um, no she just said she's outraged so um i'm not quite sure why but um she's so so that's a very obviously you know we're digging into the big important issues important issues and i was just wondering what the weather is because it can be a variable day weather wise Uh, it can be an excruciating hot day it can be a hot day followed by very wet yeah it can be very wet and cold and then you've got the the skimpy little outfit but um i think if i was a man i'd be wanting to um hedge my bets yes, and go the long pant because <laughs> yes. uh, the uh, shorts, it looks like there are chances of rain on uh, mm. on Tuesday. Yeah. Ah, is that right? Tuesday week, yeah. yes, oh, tomorrow absolutely. week. Now, the, the other thing, if you're interested in good food, and mm-hmm. who isn't, um, so the good food, uh, there's there's a book for the good food. Uh, the Good Food Guide for 2024 is mm-hmm. out and Already. about. Mm. Yes. And um, there, uh, the the um, Young Chef of the Year Award, um, and there are two that they have been announced. Actually, two young chefs are actually um, sharing this award. Mm-hmm. Cameron Cameron Tay Yap of Amaru and Mavida's Lily McGrath mm-hmm. share the Age Good Food Guide. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Amaru, the restaurant. I'm not sure which one that is. Yeah. But, um, yeah, two Mavita. young chefs. And yes. so they uh, look very happy there in the photograph. But it's great <laughs> to have those Young Chef Awards and keep things going in that yes. regard. But, yeah, Good Food 2024 is out now if mm-hmm. you're into it. Mm. I also want to remind people that it's the last weekend, this weekend, um, of the Archibald Prize down at the Munchen Peninsula Regional Gallery. Mm. So if you haven't checked it out, um, you better get along. It's, it's it's a nice drive down there, that part of the world. It is. Um, it is. And, and so, um, yeah, and it's a fantastic gallery. So, yes. Um, it's actually it's a part of a regional tour. I'm not sure where it's off to next, but uh, get yourselves down there if you possibly can. Yeah. Um, and uh, we recommend. And also, our friends at the Malvern Theatre Company are back again with the last production for the year. Now, this is um, the hilarious Alan Ipburn, um, uh Absurd Person Singular, which is like a, it's part of a series of plays that he's written about uh, various couples over the years and they're quite farcical. I don't know if you ever saw them, uh, The Norman Conquest many years ago with the great actor Tom Conti um, in it. But uh, anyway, they're absolutely, they're farcical, they're ridiculous, they're hilarious and just the sort of thing you, you probably need to lighten up uh, at the end of the year. With. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. check, out, uh, check out the website for, for the dates of that. Yeah, that sounds really good. So lots on for the end of the year. Um, I've, I've seen obviously Christmas decorations everywhere and now. It's all yeah. happening. Oh my well, we've gosh. We've got all the Halloween ones up at the moment. And yes, Halloween, there's well. lots of yes. Halloween. We're yes. a little bit late in the party, but we'll be doing that. Well, I'm not sure if we've, we've trick already, or treating. Yes, we. Well, we've got a. 
It's tomorrow, it's isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a party yeah. and we usually are in a street full of trick-and-treaters. Oh, okay. Uh, but we haven't decorated the house yet, which we're a little bit slow on that. We have a um, quite an array of tombstones, witches oh, really? and <laughs> spiders. <laughs> skeletons. Uh, skeletons, <laughs> etc. And cobweb that, um, and tape that actually goes over our house. Oh, and, I've got uh, lots of cobwebs on my house. Just naturally, <laughs> I don't need to <laughs> get some in. We've got a witch that when you ring the doorbell um she's sitting to the side very unsuspecting <laughs> but uh when you ring the doorbell she will squeal very loudly oh, nice. and so frightens cool. most people but more so when the doorbell rings what frightens them even more than that is the dog barks <laughs> and so, <laughs> that, oh, so, so, so <laughs> yes so we sort of leave the 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 tub of lollies and the space that they have to actually approach the door (laughs) so that they get the fright. So it's like you get the trick and the treat at our house. The trick and the treat. So beware, people. Or or Daniel was – my husband was uh, saying, well, maybe we could be tricked this year and just go, you know, knock, knock, no lollies. (laughs) yeah, do something healthy. You yes, know, like well, a carrot and an apple. Yes, I see how you like Oh, that. yes, there is that. I don't <laughs> think they're going to be terribly interested in that no, uh, at yeah. this so time. Either. But, uh, yes, it, it's a night of lots of lollies and fun for people. And it's interesting because I think it's it's taken off a little bit more in Australia over the last few years. It has. It's a big deal. It's become a big um, deal. In, when I was, even when I was away in England and in Europe, it was, they were still promoting it. Oh, yeah. And, of course, in America, it's a big day. A, a big massive deal. day. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Mm. Um, and that's sort of it for us, pretty much it for us for today. Uh, we want to thank our guest, Alexandra Sasse, um, with her magnificent Curator's Choice Group exhibition starting uh, on the 2nd of November to the 18th at the Alexandra Sasse Gallery in Kews. Yes, That's correct. So, so if you haven't been there, and, and as Alexandra said to us, it's her home and it's supposed to be beautiful. It is. And, uh, get along. and Nicole and I have to get along. You yeah. do yeah. indeed. Get along. Exactly. And possibly pick up a nice piece of art for yourself for Christmas yeah, or for, for someone Christmas. else for Christmas. It, yeah, it'd be beautiful yeah. to do that. Yes. Um, and we also spoke with Stuart Blair, manager of the Men's Shed in Whitehorse and the Whitehorse Cafe. Michael's um, Repair Cafe. And Michael's, yeah, the... Sorry, Whitehorse Repair Repairs Cafe, Cafe. Yeah. yeah, which sounds wonderful too. So it was great to speak with both of them. Indeed, and so we won't be back on next Monday, but the Monday after we'll be back with a couple of mystery guests, I do believe. Yeah, we will indeed. Absolutely. Um, so for you, all those people that might be having a long weekend or two, whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, weekend. enjoy yes. that if that's what you're doing. <laughs> and nice opportunity to take a little bit of time out. Um, before the silly season really begins before in the big one. the silly yes. season really hits us, which, um, of course, it is prone to do. <laughs> um, now, and also stay with us on 3WBC. The news is coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, but after that, Your Planet Needs You, the lovely team from Your Planet Needs You, will be here to take you through all the wonderful things they've got to share with you. So thanks for being with us today and have a great week, everybody. Thanks have a great listening. week. Bye Ciao. for now.